God bless you. You may be seated. Guarding the entrance to Baltimore Arbor during the War of 1812, Fort McHenry knew at some point they would be attacked by British forces. Major George Armistead, the stronghold's commander, was ready to defend the fort, but he wanted a flag that would identify his position and one whose size would be visible to the enemy from a distance. Determined to supply such a flag, a committee of high-ranking officers called on Mary Young Pickersgill, a Baltimore widow who had had experience making flags for ships and explained that they wanted a United States flag that measured 30 feet by 42 feet, and she agreed to the job. With the help of her 13-year-old daughter, Carolyn, Mrs. Pickersgill spent, every, spent several weeks measuring and cutting and sewing the 15 stars and stripes. When the time came to sew the elements of the flag together, they realized their home was just not big enough. And so Mrs. Pickersgill asked the owner of a nearby brewery for permission to assemble the flag on the building's floor during evening hours. He agreed and the women worked by candlelight to finish it. Once completed, the flag was delivered to the committee, and Mrs. Pickersgill was paid $405.90, about $9,000 in today's money. In August 1813, it was presented to Major Armistead. The War of 1812 had been particularly nasty conflict with the British. They had burned down the Capitol and they burned down the White House in Washington. And they were set on taking the part of the port of Baltimore, which was protected by Fort McHenry just to the south. A man, Dr. William Beans, was seized following the attack on Washington and was taken as prisoner by the British. As soon as Francis Scott Key heard of the arrest of Dr. Beans, one of his intimate friends, he, he hurried under the protection of a flag of truce to the British fleet to arrange for his release. And John S. Skinner of Baltimore, then commissioner for the exchange of prisoners, accompanied Key to negotiate with the British on September 7, 1814. Admiral Cockburn held Dr. Beans, but he informed the men in his grimmest manner that while Dr. Beans would not hang, the three men had to stay on board the ship as prisoners until a certain circumstances occurred, namely the attack on Baltimore because the men knew too much. When the ships, the British ships arrived at their destination, he assured them that it would be only a matter of a few hours before they would be free. That attack started on September 12th, 1814, and after an initial exchange of fire, the fleet withdrew to form an arc just outside the range of Fort McHenry's fire upon them from 7 in the morning of Tuesday until after midnight of Wednesday, the fleet bombarded Fort McHenry at long range. Taking advantage of the darkness, a light, a little, a little after midnight, 16 British ships moved up within close range. At 1 o'clock, they suddenly opened a tremendous and destructive fire upon the fort, 500 bombs fell within the ramparts. Many more burst over them. And Skinner, Beans, and Key watched much of the bombardment from the British deck. 
just under three miles in the distance, the three men caught glimpse of the star-shaped fort with its huge flag, 42 feet long with eight red stripes, seven white stripes, and 15 white stars. And specially commissioned to be big enough that the British could not possibly fail to see it from a distance. From midnight to morning, Key could know nothing of the fortunes of the fight at such close quarters. A, a dense smoke enveloped both the ships and the fort, and they couldn't see in the added blackness of the night. The long hours were nearly unbearable. Key had seen the fate of Washington and, and anticipated now the fate of Baltimore. Through the darkness, he couldn't tell whether the British forces had been defeated or, or the fort had fallen. He, he didn't know anything because it was so bleak and so dark. At seven, the, the suspense was still agonizing and the firing from the fleet ceased. The large ships loomed indistinct and silent in that mist and the smell of gunpowder. To the west lay the silent fort, the white vapor heavy upon it. Then the rain began clearing and the sun began to rise. Key peered through the lifting darkness, looking for the flag, anxious to see if the flag that he had seen just the night before, was it still flying? And so it was that he scribbled on the back of an envelope the first lines of a poem he called Defense of Fort Henry. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming? And so later, Key checked into a Baltimore hotel and completed his poem, Defense of Fort McHenry. It was printed on handbills and given out to the public. Within a few days, music was set to it and with the words, and we know it as the Star-Spangled Banner. Major George Armstead was promoted to lieutenant colonel and acquired the garrison flag. The flag was later given to the Smithsonian Institute where it is now on display for all to see. The flag under which those soldiers valiantly fought during the War of 1812, theirs and our symbol of freedom. I'm very proud to be an American, proud to be from this country, proud of our heritage, proud of our flag, our allegiance, our national anthem, and I believe God truly has blessed this country. However, I will say there is something that far transcends this earthly temporal matter. It is something much more intriguing, something much more important, something that is eternal. And that's Jesus came to this earth and he waged war against sin. During his life here on earth, he was misunderstood. He was mocked and ridiculed and ultimately crucified. Now, what were his followers to do? Some of them so fully trusted him, they forsook everything, their job, their future, their family, 
their friends and chose to follow this man. There were the good days there were the, where their faith soared, the, the feeding of the multitude, the raising of the dead, the calming of the storm, the walking on the water, the, the blind seeing, the deaf hearing, the mute talking, the, the devil's fleeing. Oh, and, and don't forget the even the, the carnal side of these men. Jesus' fame spread all throughout and everywhere he went, people flocked to hear his marvelous teachings. Yeah. And the disciples were right there talking with him and chatting with him and having lunch with him. And they were sitting on stage, as it were, with the master. It may have felt pretty good when someone walking past it. There's Jesus and there's the 12 disciples. There's his 12 main men with him. They were his friends sticking right by his side. Then, then besides that, Jesus kept talking about his kingdom. He was going to establish and they were going to, oh, they could only imagine beating the, 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 the Roman rule and yeah, they were going to be royalty. Can I have a seat next to your throne? Some of them said in the, the place where you rule when you establish your kingdom here. I want to be in on that. I, I want to be part of that. When's it going to happen? When's it going to get here? When, when are we going to, when are we going to be part of this and hold the anticipation of ruling and reigning and defeating the Roman rule? It was going to be glorious. But something went wrong. It started in a garden. Jesus acted, started acting kind of different, very heavy, very sorrowful. Well, but even at the supper the night before, Judas, some squabbles, and Judas ran out the door, and it was sort of this eerie silence. Then, then in the garden, here comes all the soldiers, and Judas was with them, and they, what's going on? And they took Jesus. Everything started to fall apart. Bombs, as it were, were blasting, and we couldn't see our way, and everything started to become an upheaval. Peter tries to rescue Jesus. We've got to establish a kingdom here. But it got so scary. It got so, 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 so eerie as it were in, in the garden that night that everyone just finally just forsook him and Jesus standing there by himself with this mob to take him away. That's not the way to set up a kingdom. You put ships and you blast the, the harbor. That's what you do. You take over a porch. That's what you do. But Jesus looked like a defeated man, not a king, not a ruler, not a savior, not a Messiah, not the king of kings, not God Almighty robed in flesh. This is not the way to gain popularity. And this is not how I would have done it. We're under someone else's rule. We needed him. We needed a Messiah. Oh, how dark that night. How stormy that night Jesus was crucified. He died. Now what? Hopeless. Defeated. The king of this kingdom now dead. Confused, bewildered, dread, fear. This was a bad day for the followers of Jesus.
gathered in a secret room, terrified that a mob mentality may break out and they'd be the next ones to be killed. Their faith couldn't have gotten any lower. Maybe the question's, why'd we follow him? If he truly was God, he, he's... I can take you to his tomb. How can that be? Maybe he wasn't who he claimed to be, but, but how did he do all those miracles and that teaching with such authority? I guess we're the fools. I don't, I don't know. The bombs were exploding in their mind and for three days, nothing but misery and confusion and hopelessness. And I guess we messed up. But something again started to happen that third day. As the sun began to rise and clear the way, the news began to spread. He's not here. He is risen. Why are you seeking the living among the dead? Come see where Jesus was laid. Hope, just a little bit of hope. Maybe, just maybe it wasn't over. He is God. Maybe we did the right thing. Maybe he is the Messiah. Well, I don't want to get my hopes up too much. They were already shattered once. It could be just a rumor then locked up tight in a room discussing the possibilities and chattering about what they just heard and what people had saw and the rumors that was going on. Jesus appeared in that room. Talk about better than seeing a 1,200 square foot flag flying above a, a Fort McHenry. Their master, their king was standing before them. Their hope was renewed. As much as I love the flag of our country and honor and cherish it, I'll be as careful as I possibly can not to desecrate the things of God by doing a small comparison. As Francis Scott Key had seen the ravages of war, maybe even seen the White House burn, the Capitol destroyed, documents and records of his country completely obliterated how he must have been faithless, just absolutely overwhelmed with the thought that now Fort McHenry and now Baltimore, and they'll continue to take over until we lose this country that is so fledgling and just at the beginning and toddler in, 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 its, in its infancy, and it was too much to even contemplate. And that eerie silence and that total blackness of the night, not knowing anything when the guns had seized, what happened, who had won, what does that small, struggling country now stand, and is it still alive and well? Oh, but as the mist rose, he could see the beacon, he could see the emblem, that 1,200 square foot flag which represented, yes, we are still undefeated, yes, we are still a country, yes, the flag is still there as you go through your darkest nights, your deepest valleys, nothing but fear and ambushes on every side. It is possible you'll even contemplate, did I do the right thing? Is serving God worth it? Or should I just start it? Should I have even started following him in the first place? Should I have even known who he is? I am so confused. And the palms that are going off, does he know where I am in my trouble? Does he know where I am in my sickness? 
weakness? Does he know where I'm hurting? Are the promises in his word true? Can I trust him? Let me give you good news on July 4th. Let me tell you this morning that the darkness begins to lift. Every time it does, you're going to see the beacon of hope standing there. You're going to see Jesus right by your side. He knew all along where you were. He had you in his hand the entire time. As the musicians come and standing in the house, so what are you telling us this morning? I want to send out a beacon of hope. Jesus still reigns supreme. Jesus is still in control. Jesus still has all power. Jesus will never be defeated. Jesus will always back his word. Jesus will stand forever. No matter your circumstance, no matter the turmoil, no matter the bombs slip going off and shifting in your life, no matter what you're a prisoner to right now, Jesus can make you victorious. Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You have made the right decision. Keep holding on to him. Keep trusting in him. There is hope in Jesus. Because weeping may endure for a night, but when the clouds clear and the sun begins to shine, there will be joy in the morning. You may have wandered off, but Jesus has left the 90 and 9, and he's looking and he's searching for you to come back to the sheepfold. There's no sin he won't forgive. Jesus doesn't bring guilt and shame, but grace and love and peace and help. He's reaching this morning. Somebody reach back to him. Somebody reach back to him. Somebody reach towards him. With your eyes of faith, I ask you this question. Oh, say, can you see? The light is beginning to shine. There is hope, and Jesus is here. Morning is coming, and Jesus is still standing there. Even if I can't see him, he's still working in your circumstance. He's still here to heal and to rescue and to forgive and to strengthen. Somebody in this place this morning, just reach towards him. Reach towards him. This is how I find my Reach for him. This is how I find my somebody else you don't know what your family's going through be the body of Christ here today oh yes strength 
miracle. When lives are rocking and I can't see my way. one last time and thank him that he's not far from any one of us it may seem like your sickness is surrounding you the circumstance in your life has got you but no we're surrounded by him we're surrounded by him oh hallelujah 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 praise God praise God praise God How beautiful that must have been for Francis Scott Key to see the glimmer of that flag, to know it's gonna be all right. But so far transcending that, how beautiful when you are in a battle of your life, but you open your eyes of faith and you see God Almighty standing by your side and know that you're surrounded by Him. There's not a circumstance, not a sickness, not a situation that he can't help you through. Praise God. I'm glad I feel his touch here today. I hope you're encouraged in the Lord knowing that he's by your side. Praise God.